You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As I finish my first full week, this is the last time I'll say new. So I am your new host, Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I am also the founder of WholeNineSports.com, where you can find all of my written work. Today, I'll walk you through a full seven-round mock draft focused on where I think we could see some Florida Gators wind up in just under three weeks. Following that, we'll end the show with an interview with former Gators offensive lineman Rod Johnson, who was forced to medically retire about half a decade ago, and he just released his book, Voice of an Athlete, which is now available on Amazon. Before we get started, just a quick reminder to follow Locked On Gators wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode. During this first segment, we'll take a look at three Gators that I think will go on days one and two, and the second segment will handle the rest of the Gators that are going to go on day three, or I think will go on day three. First off, of course, Kyle Pitts, tight end one, player number one overall for me, I have him going fourth overall to the Atlanta Falcons. I know this is something that we're seeing commonly now, and this is kind of written in ink a little bit, according to projections. Despite rookie tight ends typically not being productive, Pitts has the advantage of being arguably the most talented tight end prospect of all time. Pitts would also get the benefit of playing between Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, and another tight end that would be with him would be Hayden Hurst. So this offense would have a plethora of options where even if Pitts isn't super productive early on, he'll be spacing the field for other pass catchers to make plays. New Falcons head coach Arthur Smith loves using two tight end sets, and Pitts' versatility allows him to line up all over the formation. The last time we saw Arthur Smith... He was the offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans this past season. And honestly, that leaves me slightly worried because Arthur Smith had a little difficulty maximizing Jonu Smith's potential and production. But I do think that Kyle Pitts has more potential and possibly more talent right now than Jonu Smith has. So he should be able to create more plays on his own. One thing that we saw Jonu Smith do that I'm kind of hoping that we see Kyle Pitts get to do is line up in the backfield every now and then, maybe run an end around, just see some fun, creative ways to get the ball in Kyle Pitts' hand. Next up is Kadarius Toney, offensive weapon one. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I am not listing him as a wide receiver. I am listing him as an offensive weapon. I have him going 29th overall to the Green Bay Packers, who, funnily enough, are also coached by a former Titans offensive coordinator in Matt LaFleur. The Packers have been in need of a player that can dominate as a slot, make plays with the ball in his hands, and Kadarius Toney can do just that. 
To have him as a secondary receiving option to Devontae Adams, Kadarius Toney could find himself in a position to see a lot of design touches while he continues to improve his route running and develop more just as a wide receiver in general. The versatility to line up all over the field gives Matt LaFleur a ton of options to get Kadarius Toney involved in this offense. We've seen him line up outside, in the slot, in the backfield, even as Wildcat quarterback, and Matt LaFleur is creative enough where he will let Kadarius Toney move around and make plays. Green Bay also likes to use motions frequently, and with the threat of him running the ball, even on a jet sweep, it would make defenses have to focus more on defending the possibility that Kadarius Toney could be taking a handoff. Kadarius Toney also said during his Pro Day media session that he likes to model his game after Green Bay Packers wide receiver Devontae Adams and New Orleans Saints running back Alvin Kamara as a runner. Lastly, for the first segment, we have quarterback Kyle Trask, who he's been kind of floating around that quarterback five to seven, eight range. He's also been in the day two to three or round two to three range. I have him going second round, 64th overall to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I've said it before. I don't think he should be going this late in the draft, but this is the way things seem to be trending for him. Being able to learn behind Tom Brady for however long Tom Brady decides he's going to be a Buccaneer is ideal for Trask as they're both accurate and pretty immobile quarterbacks that need their IQ. So learning from the GOAT can't hurt, right? With Trask, there's always been the idea that he would have to be surrounded by a great supporting cast in order to lead a top offense. With Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and OJ Howard likely on the roster long term, and a very good offensive line currently, this would be one of the best possible fits for Trask. Having Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich as his coaches could accelerate his development even further. While I would never really expect him to be a top 5 or even top 10 quarterback in the NFL, he's got the potential to be an above average starter with the proper supporting cast and operating a proper offense that's catered to his needs. We've seen quarterbacks like that succeed with, like I've mentioned the other day, Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins. I'm not saying he's going to be on the level of any of them, but we've seen it work plenty of times. Circling back to Kyle Pitts for just a second, he's widely considered to be a top five pick. Do you think he will be? Do you think he won't be? If you check out betonline.ag right now, the over-under for where Kyle Pitts will be drafted is 5.5, so go ahead and throw a bet down there. In addition to sports, BetOnline even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. With real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, it's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the promo code locked on when you sign up for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. 
Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Starting off day three for the Florida Gators, I have Stone Forsyth, the offensive tackle, going fourth round, 132nd overall to Baltimore. Although I think he should go earlier, NFL teams reportedly told him that he should expect to go in the mid to late rounds. If you listened to yesterday's episode of Lockdown Gators, you heard one of the players that I compared Stone Forsyth to was current Ravens offensive tackle Orlando Brown Jr. Earlier this offseason, Brown Jr. requested a trade after announcing that he wants to play a left tackle, which he had to fill in for when Ronnie Stanley got injured. The Ravens will likely have suitors for Brown Jr. and will need to bring in a replacement for him. Stone Forsyth could fill that role early on in an offense that wouldn't rely too heavily on him. The, Ro- the Ravens focus primarily on a power run game, which fits Stone much better than zone blocking. And when their passing game develops more, whether it's options, uh, Lamar developing as a passer, he will be prepared to be a bookend tackle for this offensive line. Next up, Trayvon Grimes, wide receiver. I have him going in the fifth round, number 176 overall, to the Tennessee Titans. The Titans lost 47% of their targets in the passing game this offseason, and they're likely going to need to address receiver multiple times in the draft, given that they've lost Jonu Smith, Corey Davis, and Adam Humphreys. Grimes is a long strider, so he doesn't look like he moves too fast, but he actually picks up speed pretty quick and can maintain that long speed. He has the ability to not only challenge defenses vertically, but he has a huge catch radius and he should provide a solid possession option for Tannehill if nothing else. A huge positive for Trayvon Grimes here, especially in Tennessee, is that his willingness and ability to be a blocker out wide is huge, especially in this offense that wants to establish the run early and often. With three remaining Florida Gators going in this mock draft, first up there is Marco Wilson. I have him going in the fifth round, 170th overall to the Cleveland Browns, just three picks after Trayvon Grimes. Marco Wilson is someone who he's had the traits since his freshman year, but he just hasn't been able to put it all together on a more consistent basis. His athleticism should help him out here, especially after the massive pro day that he had. But his film is, like I mentioned already, very inconsistent. In Cleveland, with Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams starting there, Wilson could provide both depth and versatility given that he can work outside and in the slot. Wilson's going to start his NFL career with three full seasons of experience playing at the highest level of college football in the SEC, which should help flatten his learning curve a little bit. Next up is TJ Slutton, the D-tackle from Florida. I have him going in the 6th round, 193rd overall to the Dallas Cowboys. He's a very raw player at this point in his career, but he's got the potential to develop into a stout run defender. The Cowboys could use some help along the interior of their defensive line, and TJ would be able to rotate in occasionally early on while he's developing his game to become more consistent and reliable. 
He'll likely never be a true game changer along the defensive line, but he can get a surprisingly decent push to collapse the pocket a little bit and push it and maybe force some big plays in the middle of the offensive line. The final pick for the Florida Gators in this mock draft is Sean Davis. He's a safety. He's going sixth round, 208th overall to the Kansas City Chiefs. Davis is a hard-hitting safety that loves to step up and run support. The Chiefs could use some depth and youth on the back end, especially at the strong safety spot because, let's face it, Daniel Sorensen, not super young and spry anymore no matter how much film he watches. For the Chiefs, if you could find a day three pick that's not only going to contribute early both on special teams and in a defensive rotational role, but you could also earn eventually a starting spot, that's a huge plus, especially with how cheap he's going to be for the next four years. With the athleticism, aggressive mindset, and versatility that Sean Davis brings to the table, he should be a welcome late addition to just about any NFL team. Frame-wise, he's also pretty solidly built for NFL action already. Speaking of a solid build, Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market. It has 18 delicious flavors, including recent Built Bar Champion, Coconut Brownie Chunk. Personally, I'm a cookie dough chunk or peanut butter brownie kind of guy. That's just me. But if you're trying to eat clean, but you've got a bit of a sweet tooth, like me, that is not a problem anymore. Built Bar is your low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber solution. You can even enjoy it if you're keto. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That's LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, 1515 to get 15% off of your next order at BuiltBar.com. It's April, and the Locked On NFL Network of Podcasts is shifting into draft mode. April 19th through the 26th, Tune into the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Brian Bollinger, and Michael Lombardi. Stay tuned for more info about where you can find the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Odyssey and the Lockdown Podcast Network. I am now being joined by former Florida Gators offensive lineman and new author Rod Johnson. How are you doing, Rod? Hey, I'm doing fine, man. How are you doing? I cannot complain. Pretty, pretty, I mean, it's all right weather here. Uh, you clearly, <laughs> you, you got nice weather, especially compared to me. So we're going to get into this just because we have a little bit of a time constraint. So right. at one point in the book, you mentioned that getting interviewed after your high school state championship was an intense experience for you. It was nerve wracking. It was new. Uh, I, I promise I'm going to try to keep this as light as possible for you. So we're not going to have to repeat that. Right. But uh, so my f- or one of my early favorite parts of the book was what went through your what went through your mind initially when you walked into your high school coach's office and you got on the phone and it was Mil- and it was Will Muschamp there offering you that scholarship. I was amazed. I was amazed because like I was just like I was thinking I was like Will Muschamp, Will Muschamp. I was trying to figure out who he was at first because I, I'm, I'm, I wasn't a Gator fan. I was always a Miami fan, like die, like die hard. So I'm like, who is Will Muschamp? Who is Will Muschamp? I Googled it. I'm like, whoa, that's the coach from the Florida Gators. I'm like, wow. 
but they but but Florida wasn't really like like how they is right now coming up in the program. So like I was just like, well, that's not a bad offer. So I took that offer into deep, deep, deep consideration. Just considering the fact of me being from West Palm, Derry Beach, Florida, it was it's literally a three and a half hour drive, and it's an SEC school, so I kind of took full advantage. The depth chart was where it needed to be, like when they were recruiting me. So that was a plus too. Yeah, that was a. Those were rough times for Gatorson. That was they were not fun to uh to watch. But of course, your book is Voice of an Athlete, which did not mention before, but uh. There's one thing that I love doing, whether it's in actual competition or just like hanging around, is I love trash talk. And you mentioned that you also love trash talk. Uh, yeah. Do you have a specific moment that you remember where you maybe really got into an opponent's head or really ticked him off? And how um, far did you go with it also? Because like <laughs> I know there are guys, like I believe it was Jalen Ramsey when he was in college. He like, yeah, I went at it with Jalen. Yeah, I think in college he looked up a receiver's like girlfriend's Instagram and like slid in her DMs and was like oh. trying and was trying to just get at the receiver. So like how far did you go with your trash talk? I mean, I waited to trash talk till we like when we actually played our game, like the first play of the game, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm automatically when I line up. I'm going to look my opponent in his eyes the whole time before we line up and play to see if you scared of me or not. If you take your eyes off me, I'm going to know you're scared. So I'm really just going to tee off on you the whole game and just kind of like bully you like a like little boy. Yeah, um, That was my thing. I know most people can't see me here, but uh, you can see me and you can see I'm not a big dude. But uh, I have a story <laughs> from I, – I played a little bit of uh, – a little bit of football myself and at one point um we were on offense it was like a scrimmage so it was nothing big but we had like seven linemen there and one got injured or two got injured one stepped off the field because he was like oh i need a breather um not realizing that we didn't have a replacement and the rule was the rule was that if you step off the field you have to wait for a play before you can come back in so right. we needed someone to play O-line, and my head coach asked the, uh, asked the starting tight end, who's a team captain, he's like, hey, can you go in? And the tight end goes, no, I'm a tight end, I'm not an O-lineman. <laughs> so I was like, I'll do it. And so I went in at right guard, and um, when I lined up, the D-tackle was between me and the center and then shifted to go face-to-face with me. And then the, the linebacker lines up right behind him, and started calling me an insane number of of just curses just the whole time he was like look at him you see him he's a little and i was like oh my god i was like okay play him play. um and then later on in the uh in the game the left tackle got injured and again they asked me to go in at left tackle and it was just uh, a bad night i guess i'm guessing i'm sorry it was just a bad at night, I'm guessing. Yeah, Everybody yeah. getting injured. Like, what's going on? Yeah, I don't know what was happening. Is Especially the practice like, intensity too high? Like, what's going on? Yeah, it was like a scrimmage. It was nothing. But I stepped in at left tackle and... Uh, Weighing how much? Um, I was 185. <laughs> uh, so, so I stepped in at left tackle. And needless to say, my quarterback had maybe, maybe 
two seconds before I got him hit right in his blind side. I mean, I felt bad, but at the same time, it's like, well, I'm, I mean, I played corner. So for me to step in and tackle, like, it's like, I felt bad, but that's just, that was a rough thing. Big shoes you feel, man. So, Can't get mad at that. <laughs> yeah, like you yeah, mentioned. I'll take, like, take the east of effort, though. Yeah, like you mentioned, like putting like fear into people. It's like when I lined up and that D tackle shifted and the linebacker like lined up right behind him, I was like, I'm losing. <laughs> I'm, I no, no doubt I'm losing. Yeah. But, um, and, so getting back on track, uh, in the book, you mentioned a few times the name DeMarcus. I'm assuming it was DeMarcus Robinson. Yeah, I'm my best friend. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Vern, who I'm assuming is Vernon Hargraves III. Best and friend. you mentioned Dante Fowler Jr., of course. Best friend. <laughs> I, yeah, I was just going to say, are you still in touch with any of your former teammates, and what have your All interactions been like recently? All three of them. All three of them. You know, like, you know, all of us grown now, so it's like, we don't we we keep in touch, but you know what I'm saying. We know how to get in touch with each other. Everybody got Snapchat, you know what I'm saying. So it's, <laughs> it's not hard to get in touch with one of us, you know what I'm saying. Everybody just veering off doing their own thing. People got kids now, you know what I'm saying. So people, family man. So you know what I'm saying. We don't have time to like do like what we used to do in college and kicking and stuff like that and hang out and stuff. So, but I got a good relationship with all three of them. Good, and I'm glad to see you know that you seem to be doing better. And towards the end of the book, there was a there was one point where I I remember I was reading it, and I even wrote it down because I was like this this was like a turning point for him, where uh, you mentioned one of your professors who your quote, and I wrote it down because I remember I saw that phrase and I was like you don't say that phrase unless you like mean it, where you're like uh, your professor he put me back in my bag. And I feel like you said that, and I was like, okay, like, he's actually, like, doing good. Like, that's a confident thing to say. And yeah. uh, just how did that professor help you do that? Shout out to Professor Jumbo. Um, I don't know. He kind of he, – he he made the last little bit of my uh, my senior year before graduation. He made it. He made it special, and he made me, like – open my eyes to a lot of things as far as like outside of like the college world versus the real world. So he was just putting me up on a lot of real world games as far as like, you know, working wise. And you know what I'm saying? It's going to be sometimes, you know, it's going to be days you don't want to do stuff that you still got to do. Just stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Just basically just guiding me in a way, but starting, but guiding me real, real early. So when I say he put me back in my bag, he, he, he put me back locked in and focused. So, yeah. yeah. And uh, you're still coaching. Yeah. As recently as the book came out. I'm going, um, I'm going on year two. Yeah. I, I appreciate you actually, um, you worked with lower income, with a lower income school previously. And yeah. one of your big things was like, not seeming like a father figure, but looking like a big brother. Yeah. And trying to I don't change. Have, I don't have kids. So I'd be selling, I'd be selling them short if I try to run down and act like I'm their father or something like that. I don't have kids myself, so that would be a fake experience for me. So I don't, I don't want to – first thing first, I don't want to lie to myself. So I'm not going to lie to a kid, making it seem like I'm his dad. But as far as guiding you big brother-wise, you know, I'm a lot I'm a lot older than these kids. I'm, a, I'm 27. I just turned 27. Most of them are like maybe, maybe 16 through maybe 19 at the highest. You know what I'm saying? So – they old enough to be my little brother, so I just on the field they respect me like I'm an adult. You know what I'm saying? Outside, 
I'll parlay with them or, you know, chat, key, key, key with them. That's, that's, that's as far as that go, though. Yeah, I, I appreciated reading that because my high school was uh, lo- mainly lower income and yeah. we, our coaches, just did not care at all. So it's like to have yeah. coaches that do care is very important. But, um, right. The whole coaching staff was like that. Whole coaching staff. Even yeah. though I did part ways with them to another school, you know, still got a good relationship. Yeah, from your uh, from the book, it, it seemed like your whole coaching staff back then was – made up of a lot of college athletes and a lot of people yeah, who really cared yeah, about changing yeah. the culture. It was like there. an all-star team, really. It was like an all-star team full of former college, D1 players, really, honestly. Everybody played D1 that, that was on the coaching staff. You know, you got the um, the oldest, the older the older guys, like Commander and all that. They played, like, good football at good schools and stuff like that. So, I mean, we, we, <laughs> we had the staff, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and – um. All right, so we've got time restrictions. We've got to kind of wrap up here. But mm-hmm. uh, what is something that you'd have to tell people who might be struggling with their mental health? Because that's a big focus of this book is your struggles with mental health. So what is something that you can kind of lend to people as a piece of advice? Don't be scared to communicate. Don't be scared to communicate with the ones that's close to you. Don't, don't do what I did and just completely just shut everybody off. When you do that, you know, you burn bridges and stuff like that. Granted, it don't even matter what, what mental state you was in or not, you know what I'm saying? Because some people would take what you said and, you know, just be like, yeah, you know, some people are unforg- unforgivable, you know what I'm saying? So whatever you said to that person, you got to be willing to stand on what you said to a specific person. Everybody not like that, but specific people, you know what I'm saying? So don't be scared to communicate, you know what I'm saying? Anyone that's close to you, always communicate your issues with them, your problems with them, so to make you feel like you're not going through it by yourself. All right. Thank you, Rod. Uh, everybody, make sure you check out Voice of an Athlete. It's on Amazon. Kindle, I believe it's free on Kindle. Uh, so make sure you check it all out, give it a read, and thank you again, Rod. All right, man. Appreciate it. All right, everybody. That does it for this episode of Locked On Gators. Join me on Monday as we go through another Mock Draft Monday review. Thank you for sticking with me through this whole first week of Lockdown Gators. Once again, I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work at Whole9Sports.com. That's W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E sports.com. Don't forget to follow Lockdown Gators so that you never miss an episode. Also, be sure to check out Locked On Raiders, where you can hear your boy Q break down the Las Vegas Raiders, where safety Sean Davis just might end up along with some other Florida Gators. Have a great weekend, and I'll see you next week.